Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Come on, are you excited to be at church on a Sunday morning? We can do a little bit better than that. Are you excited to be at church? Come on. You could be anywhere else. You could be anywhere else, but you're here uh, on a Sunday. Uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Joe Little. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, I see a lot of youth students in the house. If you're a youth student, make some noise. Come on. A lot of youth students, a lot of youth leaders. We travel in packs. We travel in packs. Um, come on. Do we love our lead pastors, Tyler and Rachel Johnson? Uh, come on. I say this anytime I get an opportunity to preach, uh, but they are just so, such exceptional leaders. Uh, they are not average. Uh, they are not normal pastors. They are exceptional. They are uh, amazing. They care. They actually care about sheep. They care about the city. They care about the church. Um, and it's such an honor just to be here uh, and to be able to work for them. Uh, so can we do this? Can we uh, put our hands together for our lead pastors, Tyler and Rachel? Come on. Uh, are you excited for the Super Bowl today? Are you excited? Anyone? Yeah. Are you, I know you're probably not as excited as you'd hoped you would be, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, come on. Who's going to be rooting for the Eagles today? Go ahead and wave at me. Make some noise. Make some noise. Eagles. Yeah. A few of us. Who's going to be rooting for the Chiefs? The Chiefs. Yeah. More of us. Who's going to be rooting for the commercials today? Come on. All of us. All of us are going to be rooting for the commercials. Uh, come on. You made it on Super Bowl Sunday. That's, you guys are spiritual. That's what that shows me. Uh, I would be crazy to not talk about our youth ministry uh, as the youth pastor. We've seen just such amazing things happen. Uh, even just this last couple months, uh, we've seen, we've been able to get on some public schools, uh, and we're seeing like salvations by the dozens on these public schools all throughout the week. Um, yeah, come on. We can put our hands together for that. Students are getting saved. Students are finding community. <clears throat> we're even seeing that on Sunday nights. We're just seeing a ton of salvation, students getting involved, um, and it's just been such an amazing time. Uh, we're not going to have youth tonight, uh, but I encourage you, if you're in high school or middle school, come next week. Next week, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and you got to come to summer camp. I didn't mention it at the 830, but you got to come to summer camp. Uh, summer camp's amazing. If you're hearing Blue Squad, that's, those are our colors, and we won last year, uh, and I've never been more proud of our youth ministry. We beat all the other churches, but God loves them. All the same. All the same, but we won. And it, and it matters. You're like, no, it doesn't. It does. It does. Uh, I'm so excited to preach this morning. Uh, the title of my message is Count It All Joy. Count It All Joy. Go ahead and look to the person next to you and say, Count It All Joy. Now, look to the other person that for some reason you apparently don't like as much. Uh, and say, count it all joy, you too, you too. I don't know why you were their second choice, but you know, you know, you know what you did. Uh, it's weird, Joe. Uh, come on, we're going to be reading out of the book of James today, but uh, I got to give us just a little bit of context. Uh, so James, scholars believe, uh, was Jesus's, either his older brother from uh, his older stepbrother, or he was maybe an older cousin, but this is an older relative of Jesus. This is someone who was close to Jesus. But uh, when Jesus told his brothers and his family that he was the Messiah, uh, they didn't really believe him. Uh, just like if your younger sibling or your other younger cousin was to walk up to you and be like, I'm God, you'd be like, sure, sure you are. 
I guess. Uh, so they didn't believe him, but after Jesus' death, after his resurrection, he begins, uh, people see him. He goes around uh, having meals with people. And one of these people would have been James. So James now believes in Jesus and he's preaching the gospel and things are amazing uh, to the point that there's revival. There's revival happening. They even have to start appointing leaders uh, to help out because there's just so much amazing things happening. There's just not enough people. There's just not enough workers. Uh, I'm gonna take a side note real quick. Uh, if you've been coming here, uh, it's time to join a team today. Uh, You've been looking for a sign. There it is. Join a team. Get on a team. Uh, The Bible does not say uh, the harvest is plenty, the workers are many. Uh, The Bible says the harvest is plenty, the workers are few, few. So bring, uh, so bring, pray for harvest, pray for workers. Uh, So jump on a team. You got to. It's super fun. But back to the message. Uh, So they appoint this guy, Stephen. They appoint this guy, Stephen, to go around and he's handing out and distributing food and, and he's preaching the gospel and, and people are getting saved, but the church leaders don't really like it that much. So they kill him. Yeah, it, it, exact, it gets pretty, pretty crazy in Bible times. So they kill him, they stone him. Uh, they, they even get people to make false testimony about him and, and they stone him. And what you have to know, the reason why I'm sharing this is because this created mayhem. This created chaos. This, this really turned things upside down. How do I know? Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, it says, On that day, on the day that Stephen was stoned, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So everyone, everyone there except for the apostles are on the run. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. So Christians are being imprisoned for the gospel. Christians are dying for the gospel. Stephen, one of the people that they would have known and loved, one of the pillars of the church, has now been murdered for preaching the gospel. And I have to assume that something that is going through their brain is probably something that has gone through our minds as well, is why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever wondered that before? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is it the good people? Why is it the people preaching the gospel that are scattered? Why is it the people who are preaching the gospel that are being murdered, that are being in prison? Why do bad things happen to good people? So James begins to write this letter. He writes this letter in in James chapter 1. The Bible says, this is how he starts the letter. He says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let's pray one more time before we get into the message. God, I thank you that you're a God that when we're going through hard times, you say that you're there with us. You're a God that when we're going through hard times, you say that you don't leave us or forsake us, meaning that you don't walk out the room, and if you are in the room, you're not ignoring us, but you're right there, present, attentive, ready to be with us through any time of need. So I pray that you would help us to feel you just a little bit closer today, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Um, Have you ever... 
had a list of things that you would never do in your life? Does anyone have like a list? Like it's like I would never do. It's like first, for example, what's number one on my list is skydiving. I will never skydive. I will never. Now, can you wave at me if you've ever skydived before? Yeah, skydove, skydive. If you've ever sky, if you've ever went skydiving, yeah. Ron, wave your hands at me if you uh, want to go skydiving. If you're like, yeah, yeah, I want to go. I don't understand you fully at all. Not at all. I wish I could say I was surprised at some of the hands that I've seen, that I just saw go up, but I'm not. I'm not. I believe it. Uh, I just never, it's just never really been attractive to me. It's never really uh, been something I've wanted to do. Uh, jump out of a plane and land. That's, that's, that's about it. That's, that's what you do. You jumped out, I landed, but I risked my life. At what cost? At what cost? So I have always, my entire life, said, I will not go skydiving. I will never go skydiving. So I'm in Atlanta, and uh, I'm hanging out with my family, and we go to this trampoline park. And if you've ever seen these trampoline parks, it's crazy, it's awesome. There's all types of stuff, rock climbing walls. I have a lot of nieces and nephews, uh, so, so we're hanging, and it's a great time. And then all of a sudden, one of my nephews says, hey, Uncle Joe, uh, they have indoor skydiving here. Now, I have to make a decision because I say this a lot. Respect with young people, uh, it's gained in drops but lost in buckets. Like, like, all it takes is, like, one time of not being cool, and you're not cool again for the rest of your life. Like, like I hope you enjoyed it. You are now the lame uncle. So I can't be the scared uncle. I have to be the cool uncle. Like, I'm, I'm taller than most of my siblings. So, so I'm the cool uncle. Oh, Uncle Joe, let's go skydiving. So I'm like, okay, uh, let's, let's think about it. Let's, let's go check it out. So we go to the desk, and no one's there, and I'm like, yes. And then all of a sudden, my aunt goes, oh, wait, no, they said they'll be back in like 15 minutes. How could you? Like, why would you even? No one asked. Just kidding. That's rude. So mean. Uh, so then I'm like, okay, well, I have to do it. Like, it's indoor skydiving. Maybe it won't be as bad. Maybe, maybe it won't be as terrifying. Uh, I have a video of me indoor skydiving that I sent in. You can go ahead and play the video. Dress for war. This is me trying to get out. Get me out. Get me out. Get me out. Oh, no! Get me out. We're almost there. All right. Yeah, that deserves a round of applause, I guess. Wow. Yeah, the guy told me that this was like the signal if you want to get out. I think he like lied to me. Like, I think he lied. And of course, no one in the video is like, oh my gosh, I wonder if he's in trouble. They're just like, keep recording, zoom in, zoom in. But the reason why I share this story is because I, I, the reason why that was so bad, the reason why it was terrible, yes, is probably because I'm very tall. Uh, but the other reason is because I just didn't see it coming. Like, I did not wake up that morning and, like, today we're going to indoor skydive. I had no chance to mentally prepare. I had no chance to YouTube or Google the best ways to not look like a fool. Like, I, I didn't have a chance. I did not see it coming. And what I have to assume is that a lot of the times in our life, 
the reason why trials are maybe more difficult, the reason why trials are very, very hard, sometimes isn't even because of the trial, but it's because we didn't see the trial coming. We didn't see the trial coming. We didn't see the divorce coming. We didn't see the business plan failing coming. We didn't see our children turning away from Jesus coming. We didn't see the Warriors losing to the Lakers last night coming. We just didn't. I had to. I had to. I had to. There has to be some scripture about booing in church. There has to. I'm going to find it. I'll find it. Uh, But the problem a lot of the times is that we did not see it coming. What does James say? He says, you've fallen into various trials. You've found yourself going through a hard time, and now you feel as though you're in this ditch. You feel as though you're in this spot. You feel as though you're in this hole. You've fallen into it, and you have no way to get out. That is where the characters of our letter, the people who we wrote this letter to, are feeling. They're being murdered. They're being imprisoned. They're they're being thrown in chains. Their their family members are disowning them. Their friends, they can't be, their their neighbors don't even trust them. And, And now James writes them this letter and he starts it by saying, this is James, greetings to the 12 tribes that are scattered. Why is this important? Because what you have to know, the 12 tribes, that would have been another way of saying to God's people, to the chosen ones, to the called, To the Christians, one of the best biggest advice that I had to learn and the best advice that I can give you is that you cannot allow what you are going through to become who you are. He says, hey, to God's chosen who are scattered, to God's chosen who are going through a hard time, what you have to understand this morning is while you might be going through anxiety, you are not your anxiety. While you might be going through depression, you are not your depression. While you might be going through a divorce, you were not your divorce, but he says you were still chosen. You were still called. You're still Christians. You're still believers. You still can have faith to God's chosen people, to the 12 tribes that are scattered. Count it all joy. Can we all agree that this is the worst advice that you could give someone who's going through a hard time? (laughs) Count it all joy. No. (laughs) You're going to make it. No, I'm not. You're going to get through it. I don't think so. This is going to make you better. False. Like, no. Why can I count it all joy? Why are you telling me to count it all joy? Why is this what you were saying? The the first reason why I believe this is, we're going to talk about how trials can be used and then how you and I are supposed to respond to it. And the first one is this. Trials can be used for growth. Trials can be used for for growth. So James says, count it all joy, not because of what's happening to you, but because of what's happening in you. Count it all joy, not because of what's happening on the outside, but because of what's happening on the inside. Count it all joy, not because of the results that you can see, but because of the results that you can't see. Count it all joy for the character you're going to have. Count it all joy for the perseverance you're going to have. Count it all joy for the faith that you're going to have. Count it all joy, not because of maybe what you were going through, not because you're happy that it's happening, but because you understand what's happening in you. Count it all joy. Trials can be used for growth. And the second thing is trials can be used for good. 
Trials can be used for good. I know this is not a popular topic to talk about when your people are going through a hard time, but trials can be used for good. Nike did this kind of uh, campaign, and, and what they did, you can go ahead and put the shoes up on the screen. Uh, they created these shoes, and the name of these shoes are We Are Trash. Like, that's literally the name of the shoes. You can show the next one. Uh, and the reason why uh, is because these shoes were created uh, by recyclables. They were created by things like water bottles and, and things like that. So this is, what's interesting is that things that you and I would never even notice, things that you and I would walk past, things that you and I think have no use, now are being used for something with a purpose. Now we're being used for something greater than themselves. And if I was to ask you how you viewed the things that you're going through, a lot of you would view it like this. You would view it like this. You would say, I don't understand how it could be used. I don't understand how it could be changed. I don't understand how it could be used for purpose. But can I encourage you? The situation was not the issue. The water bottle was not the issue. The issue was, was it placed in the wrong ha- right hands? The issue is, is whose hands was it placed in? Because you give me a water bottle, it's just a water bottle, but you give it to the right resource, you give it to the right company, you give it to the right thing, then it can be used for shoes. What you have to understand is that the issue is not what you are going through. The issue is, can you place it in God's hands? The issue is not your anxiety. The issue is, can you put your anxiety in God's hands? The issue is not the depression, it's can you put your depression, your grief, your emotions, your frustration, your anger, your unforgiveness, can you put it in God's hands? It is not what is your situation, it is whose hands is it in. Come on, we can clap for that this morning, that we have a God who is willing to accept the grief, he's willing to accept the emotions, he's willing to accept the frustration, but are you willing to put it in his hands? Trials can be used for good. So why do bad things happen to good people? I have no answer other than that we live in a broken world, that we live in a world filled with sin, death, destruction, the grave, sickness, illness, unforgiveness, infidelity, um, all of these different things, frustration, anger. We live in a world that is filled with all of these things. But can I encourage you this morning, church, that while your trials might not have been caused by God, they can always be used by God. While your trials might not have been caused by God, they can always be used by God. While God might not have caused your storm, he can always use your storm. While God might not have caused your trial, he can always use your trial. But are you willing to place it in his hands and can you count it all joy? Can you count it all joy this morning? So we've talked about, okay, this is how trials can be used, but what do we do? How do we respond in trials? And I love what the Bible says in James chapter five. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Uh, Just by a show of hands, raise your hand if you would say that you have good reflexes. Like your reflexes are good. Like if I threw something to you, you'd catch it. Yeah, you'd catch it. Yeah, 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 just wave at me, just wave at me. Now raise your hands if your reflexes are terrible. Like if I threw something at you, uh, I'd hit you in the face. Like you'd just be like, Oh, oh, and then I look like the mean one because I threw it. Like, that's usually how that works. But it's really like I thought you'd catch it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying. Uh, So I have, like, solid reflexes. Like, my reflexes are, like, okay. Uh, But there was a YouTube video that went viral of a guy who had insane reflexes, of great reflexes. You guys can go ahead and show the video. It's off season for your team. How do you feel your chances are in the AL East? Um, I mean, I love our chances. You know, it's been... uh, been Guys, keep it on the field. 
Like those reflexes are incredible. Uh, if that's me, that is not my reflex. Like my reflex is not, oh, keep it on the field. My reflex is, ma'am, you just got hit and you got hit hard. Like, are you okay? Like, like my reflex is, does anyone, can anyone call 911? Like my reflex is to pray. Like, oh God, be with her. Cause that hurt. That hurt. Uh, but the reason why I ask is reflexes, they're the things that you do naturally. They're the things that you do without even thinking. They're the things that you do without even processing. So if you were to receive news right now, good or bad, what would be your reflex? What would be the thing that you would do naturally? Who's the person you, that you would call? What's the thing that you would go to? What's the thing that you would do? What is your reflex? Where do you go when you're desperate? Where do you go when you maybe have received some news? The reason why, and I've shared this at our church before, because where you go, where, you, where you're desperate is also what you worship. Where you go where you're desperate is what you worship. How do I know? Because that's the thing that you rely on. Because that's the thing you've put faith in because that's the thing you hold on to. Is social media what you worship? Is a relationship what you worship? Is, is a bottle what you worship? What do you worship? What are the things that you worship? What is your reflex? And today, the first thing I think you have to do when you go through hard times is this. You have to talk to God. And the band can go ahead and come up. You have to talk to God. So James says, are you going through a hard time? Pray. Are you going through a good time? Praise. But no matter what season of life you are in, talk to God. No matter where you are, talk to God. No matter what you're going through, good or bad, talk to God. He says, are you going through a hard time? Pray. Are any of you in trouble? Pray. Because if you're anything like me, you do a really good job of praising God when things are good but maybe not that good of a job of maybe praying to God when things are bad. Like when things are good, hallelujah, I'm coming to church, everything's great, I'm in my Bible, but the minute that things are bad, it's, God, where are you? God, how could you? God, I don't know if I can trust you anymore, but James says, hey, no matter what you were going through, is any of you in trouble, pray. He doesn't say, are any of you in trouble, post. He says, are any of you in trouble, pray. And what I love about this is he does not say, hey, you even have to pray in a way that says, God, I completely am fine with what's going on. Yeah. It's not what he says. He doesn't say you have to pray, hey, God, it's all, it's all, it's all roses and daisies from here. Yeah. No, that's not what he says, but what does he say? No matter how you're feeling, no matter what your emotions are, no matter what you're dealing with, pray. There's this book in the Bible, uh, there's a story in the Bible, Job, and, and Job is this guy, and, and basically what's happened is, God, uh, God and, and Satan are kind of talking and Satan's like, I don't know if anyone is, is righteous. And God says, oh, but you don't know Job. So he, Satan begins to take things from Job and he loses his family and he loses his money and he loses everything and he gets sick and he loses his health. And, and the whole deal was, hey, I, I think Job is gonna still, is never gonna curse me. That's the whole deal that they made. I think Job is not gonna curse me. I think he's gonna stay righteous no matter what you take from him. And then at the end, it's this moment where everything gets restored and, and Job gets all of the things back that, that he lost. But what's very interesting to me is that if you look at the story, Job spends a lot of time in the Bible questioning God. Like there's a lot of, God, how could you? There's a lot of, God, where are you? 
There's a lot of God. I don't understand. I did nothing wrong. I'm one of the good guys. How could you allow this to happen? And yet he was still credited as righteous. Why? Because faith in God does not have to do with agreement. It actually has to do with honesty. Faith in God does not have to do with agreement and is not saying, hey, God, I understand. Hey, God, I get it. You know, if I can be real, it's not even saying, hey, God, it's cool. But it's saying, hey, God, I'm frustrated. Hey, God, I'm upset. Hey, God, this angers me. But the difference between Job, Job was credited as righteous. His friends were credited as unrighteous. The difference is Job always came back. That's the difference. He always came back. He said, God, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm willing to come back. God, I can't really fully understand it, but, but I'm willing to come back. God, I don't really get it, but I'm willing to come back. So what does he say? Are any of you in trouble? Pray. What is that? Hey, just come back to God. Are any of you going through it? Pray. You, you just got to come back to God. You just got to bring yourself to God. Pastor Tyler preached an amazing message on this last week. He talked about that what happens and what you and I will do is we'll run to other things instead of God when we're in trouble. And what we're actually doing is we're placing the weight of what we're going through on that thing's shoulders. So what you're doing is you're placing the weight of your anxiety, the weight of what you're going through on that thing's shoulders. And I don't know if you know this or not, but social media was not created to alleviate your anxiety. Your relationship was not created to alleviate your loneliness. Your job was not created to alleviate your insecurity. But the only things that can handle what you're going through, the only shoulders that are strong enough to carry the weight of what you are dealing with is the shoulders of a loving God. So he says, no matter what you're going through, pray. No matter what you're dealing with, pray. No matter how bad it is, pray. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be articulate. It doesn't have to be the right words. Pray. Talk to God. And then he says, hey, if you're going through a good time, praise God. Praise God that you're going through a good time. Because a lot of us are really good at praying to God when we need things, but then when they happen, we act like we got ourselves there. I don't know if any of you are like that, but I know I am to where it's like, God bless my business. God bless my kids. God bless my family. And then when you get blessed, it's like self-made. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Where are you? We had this, uh, I played uh, basketball in, in college and, and it was fun, but we had like the best year this one year it was my sophomore year and we went to the final four and it was all this amazing stuff but this year our motto we had a motto every single year this year our motto was this phrase hga his glory alone that was our motto the entire year so anytime someone maybe got a little bit outside of themselves hey hey hga his glory alone anytime maybe if we won a big game and and people started feeling themselves a little bit too much hey, hey hga and yet it was the best year even to this day that the school has had because I truly believe something special happens when I do not accept the glory, but I reflect the glory. I, deflect, I give it back to God. I say, hey God, you know what? I know that I've been blessed. I know that you've done things in my life, but I also know that I'd be nothing without your presence. I'd be nothing without your goodness. I'd be nothing without your spirit. Are things going great? Praise God. Praise God when you get that promotion. Praise God when you buy that house. Praise God when, you're, when you get married. Praise God when the prodigal sons return home. Praise God for the things that you're dealing with. So no matter what, your response should be to talk to God. No matter what the situation, is it good, is it bad, talk to God. Is it up, is it down, talk to God. And the second thing, I love how James, as he's beginning to end this letter, so he says, are things going great? Praise God. Are things going terrible? 
pray to God. But then he says, is any among, anyone among you sick? He says, anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So he gives these three scenarios. He says, hey, are things going bad? Pray. Are things going good? Praise God. And then he kind of gets off topic a little bit and says, is anyone among you sick? What you have to know about this word sick in the original languages, it's not, this is not sick like, oh, I, I have a fever, I have a cold, I have an illness. That is not the sickness that he's talking about, but it actually means in the original language, are you weak? Are you weak? Are you at the end of yourself? Do you feel like you have nowhere to go? Do you feel like you have nowhere to turn? Are you weak? What does he say? He says, go to the leaders of the church, join a small group, go to the prayer team, Go to people that you know that are in the body of believers and they will pray for you. Why? Because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. So are you in a bad spot? Pray. Are you in a good spot? Praise God. Oh, but if you're weak, if you have nowhere to go, if you feel like you're not strong enough to do this by yourself, talk to a leader. Talk to someone in your church. Spread the gospel to let them know that you love them and you need them. Why? Because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. You were not created to hold this weight on your own. You were not created to hold the weight of what you're going through by yourself. Why is this church here? It's not here to be a club. It's not here to be a concert. It's not here to be just a community, but it's here that, hey, are you sick? Are you weak? Are you at the end of yourself? You can talk to someone. And I love that point number two is talk to people, but I love this. He says, so you gotta talk to God, you gotta talk to people. And he says, let, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. We're not gonna bring out the oil today, uh, but what you have to know about this is this is symbolism. Anoint them with oil. What does it mean? It means to honor and refresh them. That's what it would have been symbolic for, to honor and refresh them. He says, hey, when you bring something to someone, you have to know you're gonna be honored. I say this a lot at our youth ministry. Our church is a Planet Fitness church. It's a no judgment zone. <laughs> so if you bring something to the prayer team, they're not gonna laugh at you. They're not gonna judge you. What are they gonna do? They're gonna honor you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for being willing because now you don't have to carry this weight on your own. And the second thing he says is we'll refresh you. It says anoint them with oil. What does it mean? It means to honor and to refresh. I was at the second happiest place on earth, Disneyland, because Disney World is the happiest place on earth. Come on, somebody. Won't you do it? Uh, come on, four parks, two parks, simple math. Uh, and I'm at Disney and, and it's this moment, right, where it's like just so hot. Like it's during the heat wave and it's hot. And it's so hot that like, I wanna leave Disney and you might not know this about me, I love Disney. Like I have the Magic Kingdom castle on my debit card. Like I'm like a real Disney fan. Like it's like the real deal. Like I love Disney. So if I wanna leave, you know it's hot. Like I'm like, let's, let's, let's strive through. Uh, so it's hot, I'm ready to leave. So the guys and girls, they split up. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be my last ride. This is it, this is it, I'm done, I'm done, it's too hot. And then we meet back up and all of a sudden I see my wife Paige and, and Paige has like one of those fans that like, have you seen these fans that are connected to like a spray bottle? Uh, but like, it's like a fan and then you can spray yourself with water. And, and I'm like, what you got over there? 
She's like, oh, it's just a fan. I said, what's yours is mine. Can I use it? Can I use it? Won't he do it? Waymaker, waymaker. And I, and I start spraying myself with it. Now, the problem with these fans is there's no, like, subtle nature to them at all. Like, you're either drenched or you're dry. Like, that's it. Like, drenched or dry, two options. So I'm drenched at this point. And I'm, and I'm still trying to hold a conversation. Like, so what was you guys' favorite ride today? Like, just drenched in water. But I said this statement. I said this statement. I said, wow, my Disney life just got extended by, like, a few hours. Like, my heat tolerance just grew. I can stand in the heat a little bit longer. And what's very, very interesting is that as you begin to share things with people, as you begin to get in community, as you begin to join a group, go to the prayer team, talk with people, what you're going to find out happens is that you're going to say, you know what, I was ready to quit. I was ready to go home, but my tolerance just grew a little bit. I think I can stay in the heat a little bit longer. I think that I can be here a little bit longer. I think that I can strive a little bit longer. I think that I can go through this anxiety a little bit longer. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up, but I didn't need to give up. I just needed to be refreshed. Can I encourage you? You don't need to quit. You don't need to throw in the towel. You just need to be refreshed. You don't need to give up. Give up quit leave no you just got to get in community you just got to talk to someone you just got to be there and what will happen you will be honored and refreshed why because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective can i give you some good news today prayer can do things you can't do on your own Prayer can give you peace you can't do on your own. Prayer can give you joy you can't find on your own. Prayer can give you hope that you can't find on your own. So if you're weak, if you're tired, if you're exhausted, come to the gospel and why? Jesus says he will bring you rest, refreshment, hope. And my prayer for you as I was praying over this message is that you would say, you know what, I was ready to give up, but I'll stay a little longer. I was ready to quit, but I'll stay a little longer. I was ready to throw in the towel, but I believe that God is for me, that God is with me, that God has a plan for my life. Why? Because I was honored and I was refreshed. Come on, we can put our hands together for that this morning. God loves you. God's for you. We can go ahead and stand to your feet. We ask these questions every single week here at Mission Church. And the first one is if you want to give your heart to Jesus. We say this means two things at our youth ministry. The first one is Jesus. I want you in my heart. We call it heart surgery. We say that there are some things that are in my heart that I need Jesus to take out. There are some things that aren't in my heart that I need Jesus to put in. And the second thing is Jesus, I want you in my life. That there are habits I have, that there are things that I do, and I don't want to continue to try to be a savior on my own, but I want to accept a savior. And if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to count to three, and I would love for you to just wave at me. I'm not going to ask you anything. I'm not going to ask you to share your story. I'm not going to ask you to even tell me what's going on. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And if that's you on the count of three, if you could just lift your hand. One, two, three. I see you. 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 Give you a couple more seconds. I see you. You can put your hands down. And the second question is if you're here this morning and you've been going through a hard time, you've been struggling, you've been going through it, I just wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that you would find strength today. I wanna pray that you would find hope today, that you would realize that anything that I'm going through, anything that I'm dealing with, I can find honor and I can find refreshment. If you just need a breath of fresh air, I believe that's, that's someone in here today. If you just need a breath of fresh air, you can go ahead and just lift your hands. 
if you need it. If you just need a breath of fresh air, if you just want the Spirit of God to just give you a breath of fresh air today, I see you, I see you, hands up all over this room. If you just need a breath of fresh air, you're going through it. Well, God, I thank you that your word says that are you tired? Are you weary? You even say, are you burned out on religion? Are you tired of striving to the point that you're exhausted and you have nowhere to go? You say, come to Jesus and I will bring you rest. Come to Jesus and I will bring you hope. I will give you hope and a future. So God, I pray over every single hand that is raised and every hand that maybe wants to be raised. God, I thank you that you are a God that is a God of refreshing. That you say, don't you see I'm doing a new thing. I'm making ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What is that? That's a sign of refreshment. God, I thank you that homes are going to laugh again. That people are going to have joy again. That homes and, and pillows that have been filled with tears are going to find peace again. That people that haven't slept in months are going to find hope in life again. Why? Because they have been honored and refreshed. God, I thank you that you're with us, that you're for us, that you have a plan for our lives no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are. You say that we are called, that we might be scattered, but we're still God's children. That we might be going through it, that it might be difficult, but our position has not changed. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we're going to pray this prayer together. It's called the sinner's prayer, and we pray it because we believe that all of us are sinners saved by the grace of God. So repeat after me and say, dear Jesus. Come on, we can say it like we mean it this morning. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Make me brand new. Forgive me of my past as I choose today to make you Lord of my life for the rest of my life. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.